It's interesting. I heard a story about a uh, minister that one day uh, after the uh, service, he said, now next week I'm going to be speaking about the sin of lying. And he says, so that you guys will know what I'm going to be talking about, I want everybody to go home and read Mark chapter 17 for preparation for next week. So next week rolls around, and he gets up and he says, all right, how many of you read Mark chapter 17? To his amazement, everybody's hand went up. And he says, wow, I am amazed at that because there is no Mark chapter 17. I will now proceed on my message about lying. <laughs> You say, are we going to be talking about lying today? No, not necessarily, okay? But here is some interesting statistics about people who do lie. According to statisticbrain.com, they have compiled a list of statistics about people who do lie. So here's the data which they have found. Percent of adults who admit to telling lies sometimes or often is 12%. Percent of women who admit to occasionally telling harmless half-truths, 80%. Percent of people who admit to lying on their resumes, 31%. Percent of patients who lie to their doctor, 13%. Percent of patients who stretch the truth to their doctors, 32%. Percent of people who lie at least once during a 10-minute conversation, 60%. The average number of lies per day by men to their partner, boss, or colleagues. This is the average number of lies that they tell during the day, average. At least six. And the average number of lies per day by women to their partner, boss, or colleagues, at least three. So, you know, obviously lying is a big thing. Now, we're not necessarily going to focus on lying today, but we are going to focus in more on truth. And Jesus here, in these uh, verses here, challenges us as believers in Christ to speak truth. If we are going to live in kingdom living, if we're supposed to live a kingdom type of life, Jesus here tells us that we need to be people that speak truth. So we're going to look here at this awesome command from Christ and how we can live that type of life of embodying truth uh, in our lives here. So let's go ahead and jump here into these verses here. Matthew chapter number 5, and we're going to begin reading in verse number 33. The Bible says, Again, you have heard that it was said to those of old, You shall not swear falsely, but shall perform to the Lord what you have sworn. But I say to you, do not take an oath at all, either by heaven, for it is the throne of God, or by the earth, for it is his footstool, or by Jerusalem, for it is the city of the great king. And then he says in verse 36, and do not take an oath by your head, for you cannot make one hair, white or black, let what you say be simply yes or no. Anything more than this comes from the devil. Now before we look into this really interesting thing that Jesus tells us that we should be doing, there's something that we must address in this passage. In these few verses here, it almost seems that Jesus is doing the opposite of what he said he would not do. In other words, 
Jesus says, I'm come not to abolish the law, but to fulfill the law. But in these verses here, he says, do not take an oath, when clearly he just told us that said that those of the old, it was said that you're supposed to swear, you're supposed to take an oath, you're supposed to make promises. But then Jesus says, no, you're not supposed to take an oath. So it raises a question in our mind of, well, is Jesus abolishing the law or is he actually giving us something a little bit more interesting to understand? So let's take a look at this, of what this in details, because it's something that we need to address before we look fully into this text here. So look at verse 33 through 35. Look at verse 33 again. He says, again, you have heard that it was said to those of old, you shall not swear falsely, but shall perform to the Lord what you have sworn. Now that is what is stated. That is what is stated in the Old Testament. We can find several Old Testament passages about that, and which we will come full circle around to this again. And look at those. But look what he says. But I say to you, do not take an oath at all. So Jesus talks about what was said in the past, but then he says, do not do this. So is he contradicting what is said in the Old Testament? Why would Christ say he's not come to abolish the law, but then say, well, I am abolishing the law in a sense, and I'm telling you not to do that. We need to answer that question, and we got to see what Jesus is talking about. Remember about what Jesus was trying to get at the heart of the issue here, okay? He's coming to fulfill the law. He's come to bring the law into its fullest meaning to the fullest perspective, our Lord's teaching here, especially in the Sermon on the Mount, he did not emphasize outward actions. And remember primarily the audience that this was focused in on. It was focused in on those, the Judaizers, the ones that emphasized outward actions. And during that time, they would emphasize oath-taking, swearing, by making an outward actions, yes, yes, no, no. So Jesus is concerned here about the heart, and he's trying to get us to understand it's not about the outward action of what you do, but it's about the inward action of the heart. So Christ here is trying to get our attention to the seriousness of taking an oath, or in other words, speaking truth. Have you ever said things such as, I pinky promise, scout's honor? I swear on my mother's grave. Have you ever done that? Okay. This is what Jesus is concerned about, speaking truth. Let it be a simple yes or no. Just let your speech be truthful. So here's what Christ is saying. You don't need to take an oath. Scout's honor, pinky promise, I swear on my mother's grave. Oh, I, I, I. He is saying, because truth from a Christian, if you are a follower of Christ, the truth that we speak is as binding as an oath. We don't need to add extra things to it because our speech already should be truthful. And that's what Christ is trying to say here. He's saying, by saying those extra things doesn't make it any more binding. He's saying, just let it be yes or no. So let's apply that to this message here of what we're going to look at here about speaking truth. Let's have a word of prayer together. Lord, do thank you for your word. Thank you for the truthfulness of it. Thank you for the fact that it 
it shows us exactly who we are on the inside. Um, God, only your word has that power to show us where we have deviated off the path. It shows us where we are wrong. It shows us how we do not line up with you. Um, and it enables us to come back into harmony, come back into fellowship with you. And Lord, as a believer in Christ, I desire to speak truth. Um, I don't want my life to be marked by untruthfulness. Um, I want my life to be truth, your truth, and uphold truth. And I pray, Father, that this morning, those that are here that are followers of you, that they would desire to speak truth. I pray that there's somebody here today that does not have a relationship with you. Lord, that they will see that truth is what you are about. And it's truth that we need to pursue. And Father, that they would understand that they need to be in a relationship with you in order to have forgiveness of sins. We are so thankful for allowing us to meet here together. Bless this time as we read your word and study it. And we ask all this in Christ's name. Amen. So let's take a look here at a few things about speaking truth. Why should I speak truth? Why should your life be about truth? Why should your life speak truth? Let's look at what the Bible says here. Number one, we speak truth because God is sovereign. Look what the text says. But I say to you, do not take an oath at all, either by heaven, for it is the throne of God, or by earth, for it is his footstool. Or by Jerusalem, for it is the city of the great king. And do not take an oath by your head, for you cannot make one hair white or black. When we talk about the sovereignty of God, we are talking about the fact that God is in control of everything. He orchestrates everything in our lives. He is in control of the universe. Not only did he create the universe, but he also controls it. And God is sovereign. He is the ruler of everything. We're talking about that God is in absolute control. He holds everything together. He created everything and he allows and permits certain things in our lives. So why should my life be concerned about speaking truth? Because the scripture here teaches me that God is in control, that he is sovereign. Take a look at these verses here. God has all spiritual authority. So Jesus says, do not take an oath by heaven. In other words, don't swear by heaven saying, I will fulfill this promise by heaven because it is the throne of God. He says, do not take an oath by the earth because it is God's footrest. He says, do not take an oath by Jerusalem because it is his holy city. Do not take an oath by your head because you cannot make one hair on your head turn white or black. Interestingly enough, I heard a preacher one time say, well, this scripture right here proves that you should not dye your hair. <laughs> I don't think so. But God is trying to get us to understand that he is in control of everything. God is the one that controls the advancement of your age. He is the one that allows your hair to change. So God is in control of everything. The issues of life, everything that encounter our life, everything that, that we partake in life, God is in control of. He is sovereign. 
We have no right to swear or take an oath because we do not have the power to fulfill what we promise. Only God is capable of actually fulfilling promises because he's in control of everything. If God says, I have the power to lay my life down and to raise it back up again, guess what? He has the power to actually do that. He has the power to convert somebody who's a sinner into somebody who is a follower of Jesus Christ. He has that power to fulfill those promises. So it's important for us to understand that when we do speak truth, that it be truth, not empty, vain promises. We depend totally upon God for our situations. Notice the list again. When God swears or takes an oath, he can fulfill it because he is God. When God takes an oath by heaven, he can do it because guess what? Heaven belongs to him. When God takes an oath by the earth, he can say that because it is his. He created it. When God takes an oath by Jerusalem, he can say that. He can fulfill the promise because it is his city. When God takes an oath by your head, he can certainly do it because he can give life, sustain life, and take life. All power belongs to him. And it is God and God alone that can fulfill promises. So what does this have to do with speaking truth? As a follower of Christ, we act on God's behalf. Do you remember Jesus' words in Matthew chapter 27, Matthew chapter 28, went before he left? He said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me, and behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. As an ambassador of Christ, if you're a follower of Jesus, you're an ambassador of Christ. I act on his behalf. You act on his behalf. So that means that my life should be speaking truth because God is the one who is sovereign. He's the one that's in control. And I'm acting on his behalf. Just a few months ago, my grandfather passed away and he appointed my father as the power of attorney. In other words, he had authority to act on his dad's behalf. So my grandfather had a will that was drawn up. He had certain conditions of things that he wanted to be met. And so my dad had to fulfill those promises. My dad had to fulfill those things that was set forth by his dad because his dad says, you are going to act on my behalf after I'm gone. Now, my dad could have looked at that and said, oh, dad, this is crazy. You want this? Oh, man, I'm not going to do that. He wouldn't be fulfilling his promises. He wouldn't be acting on his dad's behalf. Put that in spiritual terms for us. When Jesus left, he says, all authority and power is given unto me. We act on God's behalf. And so as when we navigate through life, we are supposed to be acting on his behalf, speaking truth, fulfilling what Jesus wants us to do living a life of truth. So we don't swear by heaven. We don't swear by uh, the earth. We don't swear by the city of Jerusalem. We don't swear by our head, our life. 
we act on his behalf because God is sovereign over everything. Now we're actually going to come back to this here in the end, but you'll see how it's going to meet in full circle of what we're going to be talking about on how, how impacting this is as a life of a believer. So let's look here secondly. So not only God is sovereign, but secondly, we need to know that we speak truth because truth is perfect in simplicity. In other words, it's free from complex complexity. It has no deceit or guile in it. It is simple and sincere. Notice what the text says, okay? This is what Jesus is trying to get us to see. Let what you say be simply yes or no. In the original translation in the Greek, we find that there was usually, in some, maybe some of your versions that you have, it actually says, let your yea be yea, or yes be yes, or your no be no, okay, a double yes, a double no. In the times of Jesus, the rabbis developed this complex system, okay, and how this worked was, let's just say, Farmer Joe comes up to you and he says, hey, I'm willing to give you uh, three cows uh, for a stick of butter. I don't know, okay, something goofy. And they would make these promises. Now, if Farmer Joe said, yes, that wasn't a promise. He had to say a double yes. Because the double yes actually meant, I am going to fulfill it. Yes, yes. Or if he just said no, it didn't necessarily mean he was going to keep that promise or fulfill that promise. He had to say, no, no. So Jesus is saying, look, look, you guys are, you guys are making this into a big complex problem. He says, just let it be yes or no. You don't have to say yes, yes, or no, no. So when we talk about truth that we are supposed to be speaking truth, Jesus is saying here, let what you say be simply yes or no. Don't try to play politics with people. Just let it be yes or no. When our Lord says, do not take an oath at all, he was not making an absolute statement here, but a general statement. He takes his teaching one step further. Remember, he says, I've come to fulfill the law. I'm trying to get behind the reason for this. He's letting us know, don't swear at all, but let every statement of yours, what you say, be just as true as an oath. So everything that comes out of your mouth, let it have so much truth in it that it can actually be truth. Let every statement that comes out of your mouth be as true as an oath. The heart of this passage is the matter of truthfulness in the life of the Christian. Jesus is teaching us that our word has to be as firm as an oath. Yes, no. So when a Christian speaks, when he or she speaks only the truth, that truth should be only the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. Did you ever meet somebody whose life was marked by shadiness? Sometimes their stories just don't seem to go together. You're like, I thought he, that. Jesus says, our words that we speak need to be as binding as an oath. They need to be truthful. So what does this have to do with speaking truth then? 
It means that if something is true, we are under obligation to follow it and do it. In regards to God's word, his truth has to be obeyed. It has to be followed. It has to be something that we uphold in our lives. As a Christ follower who lives in the kingdom, I have an obligation, you have an obligation if you are a Christ follower, to speak truth and only truth, but to be obedient to his truth. That's what Jesus is trying to get us to understand here. So let your word be yes or no. Notice the last part of this verse here. Anything more than this comes from evil. Anything more than a simple yes or a no, anything more than truth comes from the devil. What Jesus is trying to say here is for us, anything more than speaking a simple yes or a no, speaking truth, he's saying it's from the devil, it's evil, and you are stretching the truth. You know, one of the most hardest lies to, to detect is a lie that contains elements of truth. And we all do it, it's so simple. When we're speaking, we may just change the facts just a little bit. Now, we're telling the truth, but we're changing things just a little bit to make it seem different. I'll give you a funny story that happened one time when I was a kid. There was, I have an older brother, who's two years older than me, and then I have a younger sister, and we're about, I think, uh, about 18 months apart. Well, one day, my dad went into the restroom there, and he was going to shave. And he picked up his razor, and he went to go start shaving. Oh, what happened? Boy, he cut himself. And he's looking at the razor, and inside that razor, he finds wood shavings. <laughs> what in the world is this all about? So he begins to look around there in the bathroom, and he finds the bathroom vanity, okay, where the two ends meet, there's a corner. Somebody had taken that razor and they had shaved the corner of the cabinet. <laughs> now, my dad knows he didn't do that, and I'm sure he probably knows that his wife didn't do that, so let's see, he has three kids at home. Hmm, who could it be? So he calls a meeting. We all assemble there in the bathroom. Who did this? Well, we ruled out my brother, we ruled out me. The only one that was left was my sister. So she begins to then tell the story of what happened, of how that bathroom cabinet got shaved. She said, Dad, I don't know what happened. I was just sitting here and the razor was on top of the cabinet and it fell. And when it fell, it just shaved the cabinet <laughs> right off. Okay. So my dad's listening to this and he says, okay, well, I'll tell you what. If you can make that razor do that again, you won't get a whooping. Okay. So she puts the, he says, is it right here? Is this about where it was? Yeah, yeah, that's about right where it was. And he says, it just fell, right? Okay, so we'll just kind of, how did it fall? Did it fall this way or this way? She says, oh, it fell this way. 
and she tried it, and every single time that she tried it, that razor just fell right onto the floor. It didn't go like this, you know, and shave the cabinet. <laughs> what was she doing? Now, yes, she was there. It did happen. There was an element of truth there, but she was stretching the truth. And she was changing things. Where did that come from? Anything more than this comes from evil. We all got to be very careful about stretching the truth, changing the truth, making it apply into our favor. Let it be a simple yes or no. There is simplicity in speaking truth. Don't complex the issue here, is what Jesus is saying. These rabbis, these uh, Judaizers at the time, they were making things very complex about things. The truth becomes a lie when it is mixed with things that, that change it in a way. It becomes a half truth. So here's the lesson for us. Jesus is telling us here that when we speak, we have to be absolutely true or else we are on Satan's side. So how do we apply this to our spiritual life? Well, here's a couple things. Number one, we need to be speaking truth in our relation with the Lord. When we come to God, we come to God in sincerity, in absolute truth. We don't try to, to portray this persona that everything's great in our life when really nothing is great in our life. We don't come to God and, and act like we have all of our life together when actually we're angry, we're depressed, and we're, we're upset. God wants us to come to him with openness. He doesn't want us to complex the matter. He wants us to come to God and say, God, I am struggling with this. I'm having a hard time with this. And we need to be truthful in our relationship with the Lord. One of the things that I always try to teach the young people when I was a youth pastor for nine years was that God is not impressed by our elaborate um, display of Christianity that we try to portray. God simply wants us to come to us and say, God, I am angry. And here's why. He wants it to be a simple yes or no. Don't try to complex the matter. We need to be honest and open with God. And that relationship with the Lord, when we are open and honest with Him, when we're not trying to portray something different, it allows communion to take place between us and our Heavenly Father because He knows what our needs are. He knows what's bothering us, and He wants us to be open and honest with Him. So where our truth is perfect in simplicity when we have an open relationship with the Lord. God takes delight in openness and honesty. Let's look at a second thing about truth. It's in our relationships with others. We need to communicate with one another in truthfulness. God desires for, to transform lives as we're, as we're living together. He wants us to be open about our relationships with others and how we, we, if we're angry with somebody, we need to reconcile that. Now, it's not the fact of if you're angry with them, you just need to go up to them and like scream in their face, say, I'm angry with you! 
okay? Because the Bible also teaches us, let your grace be seasoned with, your, let your speech be seasoned with grace, right? So we need to understand that being open with one another in our relationships is important. Because if we're always just going up to people and say, how you doing? Oh, I'm doing great. But really, we're struggling. There's not an openness there. It's not a simple yes or no. You're, you're, you're making the issue complex. And Jesus wants to get to the heart of the issue, and he's saying, let it be a simple yes or a no. Don't try to complex the matter. If you're struggling with something, let somebody know. And that's how we grow together, because we're being open and honest with one another. You know, sadly, the reason why we don't want to be open and honest with people is because we're afraid of being hurt. We're afraid somebody's going to say something. We're afraid somebody's going to act in a terrible way or like, oh, you do what? You know, you did. No, okay. That's where all of us here, we work together. We, we build a community together, sharing with each other our burdens, our hardships, our life, because we're all striving for the same thing. And that's a relationship with Christ. That's to be open with each other. It's to be open with the Lord. So in our relationships, we need to be open. We need to be honest. We need to be speaking truth. We share our thoughts and feelings. And in return with that, we grow in unity and maturity together. Let's look here at a third thing of what the Bible teaches us. And this is where this is going to come full circle here. And this is really what is really important about speaking truth and how it's important to speak truth. Let's look here. Thirdly, we speak truth because we bear the name of the Lord. Look again in Matthew chapter 5, verses 33 through 35. Jesus says, Again, you have heard that it was said to those of old, You shall not swear falsely, but shall perform to the Lord what you have sworn. But I say to you, do not take an oath at all, either by heaven, for it is the throne of God, or by earth, for it is his footstool, or by Jerusalem, for it is the city of the great king. I know it may seem like we are looking at what we already looked at here, but this is really the meat and potatoes of what Jesus is trying to get us to see. So let's unpack these few verses here. And notice the words here. Jesus says here, it was said to those of old. Now, just looking through God's Word, looking through the Old Testament, we're going to look at a few verses here, and I'm going to read them here to you, but you can write down the verses if you want to. This is what is said of old in the Old Testament about giving oaths, about swearing. Look at Leviticus 19.12. The Bible says, You shall not swear by my name falsely, and so profane the name of your God. I am the Lord. Exodus chapter 20, verse number 7. This is the third commandment. God says, You shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain, for the Lord will not hold him guiltless who takes his name in vain. Deuteronomy chapter 23, verses 21 through 23 says, If you make a vow to the Lord your God, you shall not delay fulfilling it, for the Lord your God will surely require it of you, and you will be guilty of sin. 
But if you refrain from vowing, you will not be guilty of sin. You shall be careful to do what is past your lips, for you have voluntarily vowed to the Lord your God what you have promised with your mouth. One more in the New Testament, James chapter 5, verse 12. James writes, But above all, my brothers, do not swear, either by heaven or by earth or by any other oath, but let your yes be yes and your no be no, so that you may not fall under condemnation. So Jesus here is referring to the general statements that are made about swearing, about taking an oath, about speaking truth. The problem with oath-taking and not speaking truth, it's not just a matter of what we say with our lips. It has to do with our entire life, our conversation, our manner of life of how we live. This is why this is so serious, because Jesus says we need to be speaking truth. So if what we say from our lips says, I'm a follower of Jesus, but our life does not embody truth, what we have done is we have taken the name of the Lord in vain. Now you may have not said expletive, but it's very serious in the fact that when we live a life that does not embody truth, because we bear the image, we bear the name of Jesus, we actually are guilty of taking the name of the Lord in vain. And that's what Jesus is trying to get at here. He's saying, it needs to be about truth. It's not just living our lives however we may please. It's living our life after a pattern, after his word. So it's so important to understand that we bear the name of the Lord. So to live or to speak contrary to his word, I take his name in vain. Now we're not speaking here of sinless perfection. We're simply being honest with the Lord and realizing that our hearts are dishonest. We need to understand that when we come to God and we are open and honest with him and we say, God, I want your truth to be a part of my life. I want to actually live truth. I don't want to just say it. I want to live it out. Do you recall the story that Jesus told about the publican and the sinner? Publican goes into the temple and he prays and he says, Lord, I thank thee that I am not like this disgusting man over here. I do this, I do that. I do all of these truthful things, Lord. And then the publican's over there. Bible says that he would not even lift his eyes up to heaven and he smote upon his chest and he said, Lord, be merciful to me, a sinner. Jesus said that that man went away justified than the other man did. We need to understand that our life speaks truth. And I challenge you this, this week, this month, today even, to speak truth, not just with what you say, 
but with your life. Let's pray. Lord, you thank you for this time that we got to look into your word. Thank you for the truthfulness of your word. And I pray, Father, that my life would speak truth. I pray that I would uphold truth in my own life. God, this is a struggle that we all deal with. David was a man that was after you, but yet his life was a tragic train wreck because he did not live truth. But God, he came to you with openness and honesty and, and he shared his heart and, and Lord, you forgave him and you put him back on the path. God, I pray that all of us in here would desire to stay true to your word, that we would desire to stay true to truth. We thank you, we love you for what you've done for us in our lives. We ask all this in Christ's name. Amen.